March has arrived, and we're less than one week away from Selection Sunday and the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest starting March 15th. That's right, I said $100,000 and March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in on the action with multiple entries available. It's this season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong too, so whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner Bet Online to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE. That's all one word, BLUEWIRE, for your 50% sign up bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Quarterback. Stafford, step it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. Enzo got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. No one will catch him. Touchdown, Lions. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, Michael Rothstein, and while you're likely still adjusting to a little bit of springing ahead in daylight savings time, this is only a good thing for many reasons. Summer's on the way. It's about to get warmer. I can hear birds chirping out my windows, which I haven't heard for months, and free agencies literally just around the corner, signifying yet another turn to another NFL New League year. A week from today, the legal tampering period will begin and we'll start to receive even more clarity on the changing face of the NFL for 2020. Where will Tom Brady go? Phillip Rivers? What about Teddy Bridgewater? Will the Patriots look different for the first time in decades? What team, because it happens every single year, will gratuitously drop a ton of money on a bunch of free agents? They remake their roster only to have it blow up in their faces. So many questions and with answers that will start to filter themselves out in the next week, week and a half. That, of course, includes the Detroit Lions as they are likely to spend some money in free agency but not be all-out big spenders kind of like they were a year ago when they signed Trey Flowers and Justin Coleman and Jesse James. That's in part because they don't have a quarterback need to fill this year, and a bunch of teams have quarterback needs to fill, at least not a starting quarterback need. But what happens with the players who were on the Lions in 2019 that are heading into free agency? How many will be back? How many are basically not going to be around next year playing for other teams or not in the league at all? Other than the already re-signed Danny Amendola, will Detroit keep any of its other free agents from a 3-12-1 team a season ago? In today's episode, we'll break down each free agent and assess, with a week until the tampering period starts, what type of shot they might have to return to Detroit. And just a caveat with that, we're recording this Sunday morning and things happen fast when it comes to free agency and signings, sometimes in the NFL. So it's possible some of this could change between now and the podcast release on Monday morning. 
And for all intents and purposes, just to be clear, we won't discuss exclusive rights free agents like Mike Ford and D. Virgin because if Detroit wants them back, they're expected to return based on the structure of their contract. So with that, off we go. Well, we'll mostly go position by position in breaking down the players. Uh, just to be clear there, I wanted to start with Graham Glasgow, who is probably Detroit's most prized free agent. It's expected the guard market will be pretty big this year, depending if Brandon Scherf and Joe Thune reach free agency or re-sign with their, or get tagged by their respective teams, Washington and New England. Even if they don't get that type of money from Washington and New England, the money will be set fairly high at over $10 million per year, more than likely, for both of them. Easy. Glasgow isn't in that category, but he could definitely be viewed by some teams in that next tier just below them. And that's because he's very reliable and he can play multiple positions as he's been a starter at both guard and center. I just don't know, and I've said this often, if I see the Lions who have extensions to consider for Taylor Decker, Kenny Galladay, and perhaps Darius Slay this offseason along with needing to pay Frank Ragnow when you're just looking at the offensive line in the not-too-distant future, giving up that type of money for Glasgow, as reliable as he may be, just might not be the option the Lions are willing to go with. Remember also that the Lions kind of played around with Glasgow this year, incomprehensibly sitting him for stretches of games in a random three-guard rotation. He said at the end of last season he wants to go to a place where he feels wanted, That can be shown, of course, in both role and with money. More often, with money. I don't expect, at this point, the Lions to throw around the kind of money Glasgow will see on the open market next week. So, while he's one of Bob Quinn's best draft picks in his tenure and a valuable piece of Detroit's offense, it feels more and more like he'll be playing for another team in 2020. It's possible he he returns, and I get pretty stunned here, And maybe the Lions work out a deal to retain him and decide, you know what, it's worth paying him. But unless the market falls out from underneath Glasgow, he's going to make a ton of money elsewhere next year. Again, that's just likely not going to be in Detroit. Let's start going position by position with quarterback, where obviously the Lions have Matthew Stafford. That's clear for 2020 and beyond 2020 is a conversation for another podcast. One quarterback is under free agency for the Lions, and that is current backup Jeff Driscoll. He played okay in the three games he was forced into following Matthew Stafford's broken back. He offered a different type of game, a more mobile game, using his feet more than Matthew Stafford does, and Daryl Bevel game planned pretty well using him. While I expect the Lions to make a play for a free agent to back up Stafford, I'm just not sure it will be Driscoll. Once teams started to get any sort of book on him, it really went south pretty fast for him. With David Blau and Kyle Slaughter already under contract for 2020 and the likelihood of a quarterback coming somewhere in the draft, Detroit could want to potentially look at a tier above Driscoll, at least to start off with when it comes to their backup options. If things fall apart there, maybe Driscoll does return, but my guess at this point would be he wouldn't be option number one to back up Stafford in 2020. J.D. McKissick, who we talked about on this podcast before, is the only running back heading toward free agency that Detroit has. 
Being a restricted free agent, it would be stunning to see the Lions pick up what would be around a $2 million original round tender on him, but they do like him as a complimentary piece in the backfield, and he fit the room well. While I think the Lions will make some play potentially for a free agent running back, it could very well be McKissick at a much lesser price. If he's willing to come back to Detroit in that lesser plan, it... Maybe he does return in 2020. Otherwise, it would not be surprising to see the Lions look somewhere else. And as we talked about on a prior podcast, perhaps names like Dion Lewis or Rex Burkhead, if either one of those players get released from Tennessee or New England, could be in play there. Jermaine Curse is likely a name you haven't heard in almost a year since his horrific injury last preseason. He was on track to become Detroit's number four receiver. Considering the long-term play for the Lions at the position and that their top three receivers are set really for 2020 and Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Danny Amendola, there might not be room for curse on this year's roster. He's someone, however, that's familiar to Daryl Bevel, and if he's still a free agent late this spring, perhaps there is another reunion. But it also wouldn't be surprising to see curse somewhere else in 2020. Logan Thomas, the tight end, is one of the more intriguing players to me for the Lions entering free agency. The tight end outperformed Jesse James a year ago, even though James is the one who got the multi-year contract. He stepped in admirably when TJ Hawkinson went down with an injury. The Lions have no problem using multiple tight ends and using their tight ends, period. But the question is whether or not they believe Isaac Nottall, last year's seventh-round pick, can take the step into being the number three tight end. If that's the definitive plan for the Lions, Thomas may want to go somewhere else because he's good enough to have a clear path to a roster spot somewhere. But he was valuable to Detroit last year, and perhaps if they can convince him to come back on another minimum-type contract like what he signed last year, maybe something a little bit higher than that, the Lions could at least pursue a return with a player who was good in both the locker room and on the field for Detroit next season. Looking to the offensive line now, Kenny Wiggins is still coming back from a torn biceps injury, the first major injury of his career. The Lions liked him enough last year, as we talked about when we were discussing Graham Glasgow, to rotate him in with Joe Dahl and Glasgow at guard, as bizarre as that situation might have been throughout the year and remains to me until this day. Wiggins is a true journeyman. He doesn't hide that, and he's comfortable enough with himself to have the kind of nickname tag Mr. Mediocre. He has told me he would like to return to Detroit and that he's definitely open to the idea. The Lions have been in contact with him as well. It would not be surprising to see Wiggins return to the Lions for 2020. Even if he doesn't end up as the starter, he's good enough and versatile enough to be a multi-position reserve at both guard and center. And at points last year, it seemed like they were potentially even trying him out on defense in an emergency role. And he can always play tackle if need be. So he has some value just as kind of a Swiss Army player overall. He'll be worth watching, even if it doesn't happen so soon. If the Lions don't bring back Wiggins at all, then it's entirely possible Odea Boucher makes his return, and he might anyway. He was behind Wiggins on the depth chart all year last year, but played well in short service and is familiar to Bevel. 
He's also going to likely come on the cheap side. Last year, he played on a $1.25 million deal with a $250 signing bonus and could probably make a return to Detroit on a similar type of contract this year if Detroit wanted. It wouldn't be surprising to me at all at this point for the Lions to bring back Wiggins, a Boucher, and hope Bo Benchwall improves and they use a mid-level draft pick on a guard and hope between the four of them, the starting right guard spot sorts itself out. Or the left guard spot if they want to move Joe Dahl to right guard. One other thing there. Don't forget that the Lions picked up Caleb Beninock at the end of last season. And he has starting experience at guard as well from two years ago in Tampa Bay. So it's possible they hope that he can push to win the job. And then that might sort some other stuff out entirely. But the offensive line and right guard and maybe left guard, depending on Joe Dahl, is going to be one of the more wide-open competitions this offseason. And again, I would expect one of, at least, that Wiggins-Abouche combination to return to the Lions this year. It's just a question of which or both. Now, turning over to defense, start with the understanding that the release Damon Harrison isn't coming back to Detroit. That, That marriage it would seem, has completely ended. Can't really see much of a path to that happening. But the Lions have to figure out what they want to do with their four free agent defensive tackles. First, and I'm still waiting on some clarity with Jamie Meter's contract, but it would make no sense if he's a restricted free agent to pick up a tender on him. So if that ends up being the case and the Lions want him back, it would obviously come at a less than less than restricted free agent number offer probably you're looking at the minimum but again I, I just don't really know there and haven't been able to get any clarity whether he is an ERFA or a restricted free agent and Darius Kilgo is an unrestricted free agent but he spent all of last year hurt do the Lions think he's better than Kevin Strong John Atkins and Frank Heron all of whom are already on the roster if they do perhaps they bring him back on a minimum type deal if they don't then to me there's no reason real reason to go down that road again when you have three players who are similar in quality. Now to the bigger guys on the defensive line. Mike Daniels was a prized training camp signing that didn't pan out last year due to injury, but the Lions love his work ethic and they love his personality. He's a good character guy to have around, and as long as they have the understanding, he likely won't play 16 games because that just doesn't seem like that's in the cards for him at this point in his career, it's possible to take a chance again with him at a price point much lower than the $8.1 million they paid him a year ago. If they were to give him, say, 4 or $5 million and he chose to take it, I think it's worth a chance. Figuring the Lions are going to invest in the interior line in the draft and in free agency, having Daniels around as a mentor for a younger player, say the Lions draft, oh, I don't know, Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw, or Jason Stowbridge later on in the draft, having Daniels there to mentor those guys would have some value. Daniels said at the end of last season he'd like to return to Detroit. The questions, to me at least, will be whether the Lions want to go down that road again and at what price. Prior to releasing Harrison, it really seemed unlikely that Ashawn Robinson would return to Detroit. Now, I would still put it at 50-50 at best, But it's more possible than before because he can somewhat fill the role that Harrison leaves behind. But it also feels very much like Detroit wants to make over that really part of the interior defensive line. And A'shaun Robinson should have some sort of market in free agency. 
the Lions want a pass rush out of the interior of their defensive line. Matt Patricia has kind of made that clear. His defenses really like to see where they can get pressure up the front, push guys out to the edge, meaning edge, meaning the quarterbacks, and that's where guys like Trey Flowers can pick up a whole bunch of sacks so they can get pressure through the middle. That's not really Robinson's strength. So Detroit could end up deciding, paying him accordingly, that they don't think that he necessarily fits their strength, but he is a good run defender, and that's potentially something that he can give them. So it's why, if you ask me to handicap it, I would say there's a better chance Daniels returns at this point than Robinson, but I wouldn't be surprised to see any scenario play out at this point, from both coming back, neither coming back, or the Lions retaining one but not the other. I know, really, that's a cop-out, and that's every option on the board, but to me, defensive tackle is a wide-open situation for the Lions, both in the draft and in free agency. Rashawn Melvin signed with the Lions last year at corner on a one-year deal, and while it's possible he could return again on a similar contract, it would be more probable Detroit leans on now second-year player Amani Owarie and signs either a different mid-level free agent to compete with Owarie or knows they're going there in the draft for a spot opposite Darius Slay. Now, obviously, Darius Slay is the key to all of this because everything could change if Slay gets traded, and it would not be surprising at that point to see the Lions go after a bigger corner in free agency. Guys like James Bradbury, Logan Ryan, and Byron Jones all making sense for Detroit, as does veteran Chris Harris. And maybe in that scenario, Rashawn Melvin comes back. So there's a lot that has to shake out before it would make sense to me for Melvin to even make a decision on his own future, even if the Lions do want it back, because that cornerback room could get shuffled up very, very quickly. Safety Tavon Wilson told me last week he would be happy to return to Detroit, but he really wants to test out the free agency process. So I don't expect any sort of return to Detroit to happen anytime in the immediate future, meaning this week unless Detroit gives him a massive offer. My full expectation is that he will go at least to the tampering period and see what type of market is out there. He has never really gotten a chance to experience free agency as a player with any sort of market for the first time since last time he was really a special teams exclusive player with New England, and he could cash in pretty decently. I anticipate Detroit being competitive and trying to retain Wilson, but he's going to let this process play out. He's the type of player Matt Patricia covets and can fill a variety of roles, plus offers leadership in an otherwise young safety room and really even cornerback room, depending, again, what happens with Darius Slay and that free agency situation. My gut feeling is the Lions figure out a way to work it out with Wilson, but if the right offer comes along elsewhere, he he would be pretty silly to me not to take it. Miles Killebrew is one of Detroit's better special teams players, and the Lions value special teams. Everyone knows that. But how many special teams guys can you have on a roster? And with Mike Ford, D. Virgin, C.J. Moore, Steve Longa, Jalen Reeves-Maben, and Jason Cabinda already under contract for 2020, Killebrew would obviously be in a definitive mix if he returned. And since he can play linebacker or safety in a pinch, he makes for an interesting case because he offers some flexibility that other players don't. If Detroit views him as it's Matthew Slater type player, again, another New England comparison, maybe they throw him an okay deal to return. But it's really easy to see Killebrew playing special teams somewhere else in 2020. 
Of all of the players the Lions have as free agents, the one I expect to return the least is Sam Martin. It'd be incredibly surprising to me at this point to see Martin return to the Lions. The Lions have two punters signed to futures contracts and could end up drafting one as well. Martin should have a market somewhere in the NFL in 2020. He is a good punter, and he can also handle kickoffs, and he's a pretty savvy holder. But the punter market is always a little bit tough to read. But I expect Sam Martin to be in a different uniform other than the Lions in 2020 for the first time in his career. Lastly, there's Don Muehlbach, Detroit's longest-tenured player and one of the most veteran long snappers in the league. The question is whether or not Muehlbach even wants to keep playing. At the end of the year, he said he was going to think about it, and obviously it's getting toward that time where he has to make a decision. If he does choose to play, Detroit would be the place because it's been his home essentially his entire career. The Lions already have a contingency plan because they have signed a long snapper to a futures deal. But if Muehlbach wants to play, he might get competition this year for the first time since the Lions drafted Jimmy Landis. And that really never worked out for Jimmy Landis. But if he wants to return, it's expected he'll be in Detroit. And whether or not he wins the job, that'll be up to him. So because it fits in with this, we're going to go with one question today from a listener. I know usually we have pod bags now, but we're kind of switching things up a little bit. We're going to try to maybe do pod bags more on Thursdays when applicable. But this question comes from at Ian Schaefer on Twitter, and he asks, when it comes to free agency in the draft for the Lions, do you see Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia making moves for the short term to help them win now, otherwise known as job security? Or maintain a long-term approach for the greater good of the franchise. Ian, this is one of the biggest questions of the offseason for Detroit, and it's a tough one to answer. Bob Quinn has repeatedly said he knows he needs to balance both, but to me, when does the reality of human nature come into play? Can he make a move that he knows might set the team back for 2020, but could pay dividends in, say, 2023, knowing that that move could also hurt his chances of actually being around in 2023? A good barometer will be what they actually do with Darius Slay. If they trade him, what do they trade him for? If it's a pittance, then you know that Bob Quinn's still looking at the long-term game and that he was going to deal him really no matter what. If they keep him for 2020 or trade him for high value, then they could be playing a shorter-term deal that could also benefit them in the long term, depending how all of it goes down and how Slay plays. To me, I would keep Slay, play him on his 2020 deal, or give him a reasonable extension years-wise, and maybe you give him the money he wants, unless I know I'm going to get Byron Jones or someone like that that we talked about earlier in this podcast who could be a reasonable replacement for him as a number one corner. But overall, I expect most of Detroit's moves to be centered around trying to win in 2020, which is exactly what Bob Quinn should be doing. He's tried the long game before, the rebuild, even though they wouldn't want to call it that rebuild before, and it put them in this position, where they have to be better now. He has no choice but to really do everything he can to win now. Thanks, as always, to Blue Wire and Regents Field for hosting this podcast, and to betonline.ag. Again, betonline.ag, where you can use the promo code BLUEWIRE for 50%. Welcome bonus for being this episode's sponsor. 
You can check out all my stuff online at ESPN.com and on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rothstein. Don't forget to drop a five-star review and rating along with subscribing and downloading wherever you listen to your podcasts. And come like our Facebook group as well at The Michael Rothstein Show. I'm also on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of ways that you can connect with me. Leave questions and I'll try to answer them on future podcast episodes. As always, very appreciative of your listenership and we'll chat with you again on Thursday.